Hi, I'm Phil Trethaway. Hi, I'm Serena Joel. You're listening to the Creativity Speaks podcast, where Serena and I explore the stories of Sacramento's creative community. Serena has produced and marketed some of your favorite Sacramento events. And Phil is the co-founder of Creativity Plus and creative director of Position Interactive, a digital design agency. Each season of Creativity Speaks focuses on a different theme. This quarter, we are focusing on the theme of shift. Thanks for listening. We hope these discussions are enlightening, inspiring, and spark a few conversations in your home and your workplace. If you're interested in being a sponsor of this podcast, email us at creativityplus, that's P-L-U-S, Sacramento, at gmail.com. Today, we are joined by Rebecca Plump. Rebecca started her career as a graphic designer, managed creative teams, and co-owned a local creative agency. After 20 years in the marketing world, she took a big leap into the unknown and went back to her first love, interior design. Personally, I live life vicariously through her one-room makeover challenges, client projects that are featured on her Instagram page. If you don't follow her already, definitely follow her on Studio Plum on Instagram. Rebecca, Phil and I are so excited to have you on Creativity Speaks. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. We're going to dive into your career shift later on in the podcast, but I do want to take a minute and I want to know if you could give yourself one piece of advice before you shifted careers, what would that have been? I think I wish I knew that it was okay to shift and that I didn't need to feel devastated in order to do it, that shifts happen and now I welcome them happening again and I'm not afraid of them anymore. Yeah, that's fascinating. It reminded me of I was in a job for eight and a half, almost nine years, my first my first big design job at a school. And I, I left to go somewhere else after so long. And, it, you know, it was tough. It's it a very small company. But my boss said at one point, change happens. It has to happen at some point. And it was kind of, it was a nice piece of permission for me, you know, to to be able to feel like, okay, like I'm not just totally abandoning these people for a new job. I'm, I know, she understands that this is the way life goes, but it's definitely that the time before stressing over the decision, you don't know that. And it's great to think about the fact that sometimes it's the best decision for everybody, even if they don't know it yet. Like you're leaving room for new energy to come in, people under you to develop their own careers. And it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And it seems like, I mean, when I looked, you know, I've known you for a while. I looked at your career, admired your career. And from the outside, you, you kind of had it all, you know, from our perspective, right? Like successful career, successful agency, a team of people doing great work, new husband, new house, new baby, all those things. But of course, on the inside, maybe it's something different. Obviously, there was something different going on for you. What was the process like allowing yourself to let go of some of that success, let go of that dream? Because a lot of young designers, that's their dream. So what was that process like to get you there where it was okay to make the shift? It was really painful. <laughs> a lot of a lot of tears and anxiety. But I left it for too long. I I think it was just I don't know. Sometimes I'm now at the of the point of view that there's a lifespan to some creative careers. I think I just reached the end of the life cycle of being a full-time graphic designer and 
being in the agency world. And it didn't necessarily have to do with the specific place I was at or who our clients were or any of it. It was just my path was up and I was (laughs) hitting the wall and not realizing it and kept trying to go and it wasn't working anymore. So I don't know. I think especially like probably my generation and our parents' generations, we were taught that you kind of do, you pick your career and you stick with it. And this gig economy, like all the, you know, everybody having different jobs and side hustles, that's new. And it was never presented as an option where now I feel like, oh, I'm way more inclined that way to have multiple interests and things going on and to be able to try new things. In a previous conversation, we had talked about kind of that internal struggle of here trying to be a good manager and be supportive of your team, but also trying to fulfill that creative need and desire that you had. So my question to you is, is it possible to be a creative entrepreneur and to be creative? Like, can you be both or can you only be a creative or an entrepreneur? (laughs) I strive to be both. I think it's really and this is where I'm at right now in my business, it's really important to get help on the things that are holding you back. So the first few years, I did everything by myself. I'm still doing most of it. But this year, I'm like, that's it. I'm hiring a bookkeeper. I'm not even going to play around anymore (laughs) because this is not in my wheelhouse or my expertise. And I'm just spending way too much time doing it. So I don't want to get burnt out on this industry because doing the books as an interior designer is super complex. Also, I don't want to get sued or audited (laughs) or any of that terrible stuff. So yeah, I think it's finding help. I spent a lot of time making sure I knew how to do everything too, because I don't want to just be the creative that hands stuff off and hope nothing happens to that person or they don't rip me off. Like I want to know. So I learned it all, but now I'm like, okay, time to hand it off so I can do the creative stuff. Yeah. Are you building this business differently? So previously, you know, you and Megan built this honey and seed um, up and it started off, you were both doing everything right. And at some point you weren't being as creative. um, And now you're dealing with like, you know, estimates and in this client meeting, not that I have any idea about that. Maybe I do, but, uh, (laughs) um, you know, if Studio Plum is successful, I mean, it is successful, but like if it grows, right, and it keeps growing bigger, like, are you going to limit it so you don't end up too far away from the creativity? Or are there things you, ways you want to build this business differently? Yeah, I mean, at this point, my goal is not to grow like a big team. There are so many virtual opportunities with virtual assistants, especially like the interior design industry has a lot of niche folks that help. Like they only do VA for designers or bookkeepers who only specialize in designers. So that's been great. But at this point, yeah, I mean, that is something I'm thinking about. Like I don't necessarily want to manage a team and now be an HR person because that's kind of what happens. But also... 
I don't know. I there you reach a point where you can't just keep raising your hourly rate. <laughs> right. So to make more money you have to do something to grow. Good question. Ask me again in two years. <laughs> That's a great answer. I mean, you don't have to answer right now, right? We're we're figuring these things out, but uh it's and I well, I think most the biggest thing that I want to maintain is flexibility. Because as the company grows and as any company grows, you you aren't flexible anymore. People need you. Like you have to be there to answer decisions for clients and employees. So I don't know. But maybe that's also something that COVID's taught us that we don't all have to be side by side, you know, sharing a desk to get things done. Not everything has to be in the same time, like synchronous time. So I don't know. I'm playing with it. Yeah, so some other people I know who have changed careers, like like William Ishmael, a local artist too. I mean, but he was a structural engineer leading that leading a large company, and then just became an artist, right? So total like turn from different brains and whole different careers. But you're going from a creative career to a creative career, which is one of the reasons we we picked you for this conversation. Shifting, but also shifting. You're shifting lanes, but also not. What did you learn? in your agency world, in the creative world there, that you're applying to this new world? And, and how, is it, I mean, is it drastically different? Is it, is it quite the same? Things that are the same, managing client relationships, onboarding clients, really getting to know them, um, digging into the discovery process, like that I've really taken with me. And that's the stuff that I love to do always. Um, the people of it all is my favorite part. Things that are different, you know, my experience on the graphic design side, it's mostly service-based. Once print kind of became less and less, like we weren't selling very much material goods. To really have a profitable business as an interior designer, you are selling stuff. That's a lot more complicated. Timelines, back orders, markups, profit, like... (laughs) I'm learning a lot about that kind of stuff. And in times of COVID, everything is... Oh, goodness. It's just we're having a lot of inventory issues. Do you feel like with COVID and everybody being kind of locked up in their home, that people are investing Mm. in their home, so there's a greater demand for like an interior designer, but then the delay in like shipping and all of that kind of puts a wrench yeah in it's really complicated i'm not complicated it's really intense like someone said on one of the design groups i'm in everyone's vacationing in their living room and want to <laughs> upgrade their experience there so demand's really high and yeah like a lot of budgets are not being spent on eating out or vacation so let's update this house so demand's really high and then yeah overseas production's taking a huge hit Lots of broken supply chain stuff and yeah, and vendors here are just slammed. Like the contracting industry is, those guys are so busy. So yeah, so there's a lot more demand and a lot less stuff. Everyone kind of wants it now because they're just sitting at home, but there's literally like so much that's not available. It's crazy. So there's unrealistic deadlines and nothing's changed in your life. Yeah, so I, there you go. So I'm used to that. (laughs) 
I think too, what's different is I was thinking this the other day, like I was sourcing, I don't know, the perfect rug that I have in my head. As a graphic designer, I would just make it, you know, like, Mm. oh, I know what this piece needs. It needs a little bit of texture and contrasting color. Right. I have to find it Hmm. or get it made custom, but that's not always in budget. Yeah, I'm kind of um, more reliant on other companies unless I start making my own stuff. There you go. Branching out. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to start an Ottoman company because no one makes good ones. (laughs) I don't know. So the best products are born and need. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed by following you on Instagram is that a lot of your renovations, whether they're, well, mostly in your home, I guess, it's always kind of a family affair. You see your mom and dad quite involved as well. And so has creativity always been with you like growing up? And did you always know that you would be a creative professionally? Totally. My parents, they didn't necessarily have creative careers. Um, but my dad kind of, well, he was in the sign business. But they were like chronic DIYers. They were always redoing stuff in our house. They always did everything themselves. They couldn't find something, they would make it. So that was definitely the spirit in our home. And they still do. And now it's like, my dad had a stroke this year or last year, and he can't do it anymore. And it's like this real hard thing of like, even all of us, like, shit, I can't even ask dad to do that. Like, oh, I feel bad because it's just like how we all operate. So, yeah. And my mom always has made stuff. She's always sewn or quilted, but also she's super handy, too. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of this idea of if it's not right, then just make it better. Mm-hmm. so like home improvement like it's really like we always see ways of improving things and just make it happen yeah, it's also interesting to, to look back people's people's beginnings and where they go where they think they're going to go and i'm thinking about our audience and you know some of them may be in careers that are not creative that want to go to a creative career some may be in creative careers that want to go to a different career creative or not and kind of want to spin back to your your major shift in our conversation from the agency world to another world of you know independent interior design and talk about you you're pretty open about overall how you on your instagram and stories about the process you go through and and that that was it what is that process of getting to know yourself, being comfortable yourself, and getting to that answer of releasing one career and going to the next? Were there, were there tools along the way? Were there people along the way that helped you with that? Was there a certain bit of knowledge that kind of helped release you from one to encourage you to the other? What's going to help the audience out there? Totally. I, I mean, I had major imposter syndrome when I first started the i i was 42 when i left my last job so that felt that was the biggest thing as i had this ageism happening to me to myself that like i should be cruising into the end like you don't redo stuff at this point what are you doing i was really like i don't know struggling with how old i was and so i had to give myself a lot of pep talks 
I read some really great books. Lisa Congdon has a really good one, especially about women doing like fearless things at different ages. Oh, cool. But what, so my number one thing is like, you're never too old. Like that's so depressing to think like at 42, I thought I was done. Like that's terrible. Don't ever think that. But like actually the biggest kick in the butt for me was I had a psychic advisor tell me that I was done with that last path. Um, I love it. I'm, yeah, and I had known her before. Um, She'd helped me before and done some readings. And so I was in this really, like, frantic, distressed place. Had a reading with her, and she said, that's it, like, time to move on. I was not ready. But as soon as she said it, like, this relief washed over me, and I don't know, it was like, Something I already knew and was not looking at. I was like, like the literal elephant in the room and just like, nope, can't see you. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Yeah, it's that truth you and don't want to face. somebody just like taking your face and making you turn and look at it. Like, oh yeah, that's an elephant. Okay. So well, how far from the it. time that you talked to the psychic, did you wait until you decided to change careers? The next day. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I mean, it wasn't like I just woke up and had a meeting. We were, I was struggling. It was obvious, like something had to change. I just thought it could be something else. I don't know. I thought it could be therapy or medication and I'd feel better about work. But it was my work that was the problem for me. Like, that's what was just not right anymore so yeah i i mean i decided i had that meeting probably in april we started unraveling our business partnership and i was i think july was my last official day and i wasn't exactly sure i didn't walk out like oh i'm getting my business license and i'm starting a new business tomorrow I started having thoughts that, okay, if I had to do something next, it's not get a job. I knew that that wasn't going to happen unless I absolutely had to. So I took the rest of that year. I was lucky enough to be able to take the rest of the year and just kind of heal my psyche Mm -hmm. and think it through, research. I took classes. That's one thing I did is I started over in a lot of ways. I Came a freshman in college. Oh, man. At 42. At 42. After that, I took a semester of classes, learned everything that I thought that I really had holes and couldn't learn myself. Then I got an internship, actually. I did a free internship for a few months after that. Nice. Did you take business <laughs> classes or interior design classes? Interior design. Interior design business classes, actually. Some yeah. of them. And then you went from running an agency to the intern. Of, of course, the not, the same, not the same agency, obviously, but like at a new a new business. Yeah, I literally was an unpaid intern as I was building my business. But those relationships I still have today taught me so much. And yeah, I I mean, being humbled in that way, but also not accepting shame, mm-hmm. that was a big turning point for me and 
I don't know. I just had to own it, you know? Well, it's interesting that you use the word shame, right? Because what I hear you doing is something so remarkable. You recognize that you were unhappy and you needed to make a change. And part of that change is growth. And so I just want to like applaud you for that. And I think it's amazing that you're sharing that story with all of us. So thank you. But thank you. for people who are out there, what advice do you have for people who are struggling with their career? It's like, hey, I have a job that's paying the bills, but it's not fulfilling to me. So when do you make that shift? Like, what do you tell somebody on the brink of that? Well, hopefully somebody's not at the brink of daily panic attacks <laughs> like anxiety the way I was when I shifted earlier when I was at my original my first job I was unhappy there for probably two or three years but I really didn't have a plan b I didn't have I was single I was you know living on my own and um I had to really take ownership of okay if you I always knew I wanted to work for myself so I spent the last couple years, okay, learn everything you can. This isn't your dream job anymore, but can you get promoted to be a manager? Can you learn how to manage people and get that training on the job? Which is really helpful. And just realize, remember, like, you're getting a, there's a trade-off here. Like, you're getting this paycheck while you learn these things. So I think it's, as far as advice... You know, I always say, like, take action or stop complaining. Like, don't do both. Like, you're sitting there, like, bitching about your situation. Does nobody any good, especially right. you. So if you're not willing to change, which I wasn't at that job for a couple years, stop complaining and, like, get value from something. Yeah, learn get something yourself new. into Train yourself, find opportunities. Yeah, get put yourself in uncomfortable positions. See if you could do public speaking, presentations, like things that you might need in a future business. It's another place where volunteerism always comes in super handy. You know, yeah. as, as you run Creative Mornings, as we're running Creativity Plus, it's, you know, these volunteer organizations are a great avenue for people who are frustrated in their career or trying to find their path to try something new, right? You don't have to fully leave a career to try something else and to educate yourself and to gain experiences, opportunities, and most of all, connections to other people and a support group. Totally. And I think we're, I mean, even though I very much want to be fulfilled by my job, I don't think that's for everybody. Sometimes your job is just your job. So do something else, volunteer, get out there, make, get a great hobby. That's where you really get your passion from. And then you just go to work and then you clock out and don't think about it. Right. And then you do other amazing things at that other time. Yeah. Until like something else makes sense. But yeah. I also don't think everyone needs to be an entrepreneur and, mm-hmm. you know, run their own business. It's, there's a huge trade off. Oh, it's definitely not for everyone. No. Well, for both of you, you guys are both entrepreneurs. What's the one thing that you both think that everyone underestimates about being an entrepreneur? Freedom. <laughs> I mean, I'm free to work at night more. I, it's, I don't know. Oh. 
uh, I also think people overestimate that. Like, oh, you said all your own things. I'm like, oh, I still have clients. <laughs> yeah. It's it's an interesting world. What's wonderful is you can create your own thing. I mean, even like even creating like a nonprofit, like Creative Mornings or Creative Plus, like that is an entrepreneurial act. And I often like talk to people mm-hmm. about this, like. Being an entrepreneur doesn't mean a for-profit business or not-for-profit business. You know, you, when you build a creative organization, it's an entrepreneurial act. You see something you want to change in the world, and you create a system or structure to change it. One of them makes money, one of them does not. <laughs> Having a podcast. Like, you can just have a podcast that you talk about cat memes all day. <laughs> That's something you like to talk about have it maybe it'll turn into something that's profitable but maybe it's just fun yeah one of those things one of those great moments it's kind of like the moment no one of those aha moments someone asked me in a panel discussion once like you know what's different about what you i was on a panel of people who earned the young professional year award or designation what the heck you call it but anyways they're asking us what's different you know and I, I really thought about it for a quick second, but I just blurted out like, we never asked permission. We did things that no one gave us permission to do. And that's a big thing. I think it's also tied to entrepreneurialism, right? And, and this, no one's ever gonna give you permission. I mean, maybe your psychic will. Your psychic gave you permission, right? <laughs> <laughs> but most often, you know, most people in your family are gonna be like, oh, like, you know, you know, get a, keep a job, make some money, you know, or, all these new crazy ventures that are are unknown, undone before, definitely you don't get permission for those kinds of things. We're like, oh yes, you should really go out and start a new business or you should really go out and start a new organization. Rarely is that ever told to you. Never, unless you have coffee with me and then I'll, I make everybody quit their jobs. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite pastime. No, I mean, I definitely had to give myself permission and that was such an eye-opening thing for me to experience because now it feels so silly. Like I remember the first day that I launched Studio Plum's Instagram and my very first post, I literally had to do multiple meditations about like confidence and like, I was terrified, terrified. I was so like embarrassed and ashamed and so weird. That judgment, the fear of that judgment out there. What are they going to say? Yeah, and like anybody cares. Like, <laughs> like really, like nobody's that you know committed to my I don't know career. The only the only people that think about us that much is just us because we're yeah crazy yeah <laughs> yeah. So I don't know now that and once you start once you do a few things like that, then you just overcome that initial fear and. No, it's just like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. And really ask yourself that and really answer it. Like, what's really good? Like, what is really the worst that could happen? No one likes it. Who cares? Right. They all forget about it next week and you move on. Hey. And then you archive it. <laughs> <laughs> archive the post. No, it never happened. You've been really open about like your areas for growth, your strengths and your weaknesses. Is that something that you've always been kind of aware of? Or is that something that you've realized over time is 
this new phase of your life, kind of your, I know where I'm at. I know what I meant to do, like a little bit more confident than you were when, in your younger years. Oh, for sure. One of the things that I really wanted to be able to do after I had this like really kind of crazy experience and awakening with my shift three years ago, I just wanted to be open about it. And this was before like people were really talking about like mental health stigma. I, I mean, I guess people are starting to, but no one had, like, I hadn't had anyone helping me through that. And partly it was because we, you know, I owned a agency that had clients that were the city and, you know, there were things that I didn't want to affect my business and my company because it wasn't just me. So I kept a lot of, like, my problems quiet. And so when I went out on my own. I wrote a few blog posts and I talked really openly about it. I talked about my psychic. I talked about going on medication. I talked about therapy, all the different things that I was trying and did. Um, I got so, so much feedback and like, I wasn't doing it performatively, I didn't think. And I just had so many people reach out and still like a couple years later, I still have people tell me they read one of my posts and went and talked to the doctor and got help and didn't realize that they were struggling and I don't know. So being vulnerable became something really important to me. And that is one of the benefits of just being me. I'm not, if a client doesn't want to hire me because of that, then they just won't, but I'm not affecting anyone else's jobs or well-being or being seen as a risk Mm-hmm. I don't know. A risky so, company, yeah. Yeah, which is silly now. I think it's really important for people to, I don't know, be more, be as private as you need to be, but also for people to see that not everyone is perfect. Everyone has issues. We can overcome them. And it's ongoing. I mean, I'm. I talk about things ongoing because it's a life. Like, I'm not just, ta-da, <laughs> like a son. I'm great. I mean, you got to keep working. Only photos of finished beautiful rooms. Oh, I try. There, I try there, to keep the mess some... on stories and <laughs> the feed looking good, but that's <laughs> come, come uh, to stories for the messy middle. There's another place where you're sharing your stories. You have a podcast. Um, I do. Jump over there. What is your podcast? Who is it with? What on earth do you guys talk about? Obviously, I've listened to it, so I know, but tell the audience. It is called the Hot Young Designers Club. It is with my design husband, Sean Surha. He is an LA designer. We met on Instagram. And... We got married on the internet. No, we're not really. (laughs) Um, But that's one thing the COVID pandemic did is isolated us and gave us nothing else to do. So we started just talking a lot and sharing experiences as solo designers. And the podcast is meant to help with the practical and emotional sides of running a design business. 
it's aimed at interior designers, but a lot of the episodes I think are applicable to any service-based business or creative. Cool. And how far are you in? We've been doing it since April 2020, so we're 36 episodes in. We took some breaks. Breaks are good. But yeah. Yeah, it's been really, really exciting. It's like taking that creative mornings kind of mentality and having access to more people in the community, like a bigger community. So when we go to trade shows and stuff, like I have friends now all over the country. Like, it's cool. We try to just be not so serious. A lot of business podcasts are more serious and we're not that. Yeah, Our tagline is, we're not that hot or that young. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's definitely like a, a conversation and the flow and there's a, a banter, yeah. right? There, it's, a, it's a conversation. And a... Yeah, it's not a lecture. No. But there's some cool little nuggets in there. So I uh, suggest people check it out. It's a fun, fun podcast. Thanks. So as we wrap up today's podcast, we're going to ask you the one question we've been asking everybody else. What is your one piece of advice for someone looking to make a big shift in their life or a change in their own community? I think my one piece of advice is to just remember you're not alone. And if you feel alone, find your people that are going to help you and support you. I, I learned so much about this business and I still do from podcasts, Facebook groups, some people that I never interact with, but there's so much information out there. Like people are just giving it away. So if you feel like you have a hole in your skills or your knowledge, I don't know. This is like the best time to just fill it because there's no excuse anymore. Like the knowledge is out there. People are out there. I don't know overcome the fear and just do the things love it beautiful thanks for spending the time with us sharing your story you're super honest and open and i appreciate the advice you gave it makes me super helpful for the audience out there there's so many questions we get at live events about these kind of shifts in people's lives so really appreciate you sharing that nugget thanks for having me guys Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. And I can't wait to see what next project you're on to. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever may be next. Cool. Well, thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast would not be possible without our sponsors. Page Design Group, Position Interactive, Porter Co., and Capital Area Development Authority. This podcast is a program of Creativity Plus and recorded from the safety of our homes in beautiful Sacramento, California. Our programming is made possible by a wonderful team of volunteers. Please be sure to rate and review the show. To learn more about Creativity Plus, please visit convenethecreatives.org. And thank you for listening to the Creativity Speaks podcast.